0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Glorious and a gracious hello to you, my brothers and sisters. I pray that this day has netted you with just wonderful blessings and benefits in the Lord God Almighty, for His word decrees and declares that daily. He gives us blessings and benefits, and I'm prayerful that you are walking in the midst of yours, that you have identified them so that you could give God praise, glory, and honor for them, and that in all of his love and his richness toward us, that you are experiencing that love. I just really, really believe deep down in my soul that you know for some of us we we walk in places where we don't always recognize the love of God. We don't always recognize his hand upon our lives. But I am here to share with you today and to encourage you that God is ever present in your life. We just do not always yield our lives to him so that we are um, understanding and recognizing his presence. My pastor, um message this morning dealt with, opening up ourselves to God. God is always open to us. God is always present. But do we always avail ourselves to his presence? Do we allow ourselves to be present with him. There are many, many times in our walk and in our our relationship with God that we close ourselves off. God never closes himself off from us, but there are times that we close ourselves off from God. And in those times, that's when we go through our moments of despair and our moments of hopelessness and the places where we feel that, you know, we just can't come up out of or that God is not listening to us or whatever we're believing God for will never come to pass and then we begin to utter those words we first think it we 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 are um out on a island or probably not even an island because islands can be pretty nice, but in a desert someplace all alone where we don't feel the presence of God and we begin to speak out of our mouths that God never hears us, God um, is not there, God doesn't care about me, all the things that the enemy would plague our minds with and we start to audibly speak those things out. And we don't realize that in doing so, we are keeping our own curses and stopping our own blessings with our own mouth. And then we say the devil, and it's not the devil, it is you. So that being said, that was a mouthful. Um, I want to, first of all, before I give you the topic today and we begin to discuss it, I want to, first of all, give my beautiful, beautiful co-host an opportunity to greet you and just to give forth her salutations and blessings. How are you, sis?
2: I'm awesome, sis. I'm awesome, pastor. I'm awesome, elder, because you are definitely all those to me and to God as well. And I thank you to God be the glory. How are you, beautiful?
1: I'm awesome. It's an awesome day to be alive in the land of the living, knowing that we serve the true and living God. Definitely, definitely.
2: Amen.
1: Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Seriously, uh, I, you know, everybody cannot embrace, you know, no matter what your situation is, you can still choose to have joy. We've talked about this before on the show, uh, but truly, 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 no matter the situation, you can make a conscious choice not to get up under the situation but to rise above it because you recognize and understand who your God is. And then recognizing that no matter what's going on, you can still be awesome, you can be great. And, you know, some people say, well, you you know, it's just you're just speaking words. But, yes, words have power, and God is giving you power and authority in your words. So, yes, you definitely want to speak words. (laughs) And put those words out there. This morning, somebody asked my husband how he was doing, and he always says the same thing, I'm good, I'm good. And so the gentleman that asked him that said, you know what, brother, you always say that. We're going to change what comes out of your mouth, because no matter what's going on, you always, I'm good, I'm good. He looked at him, my husband looked at him and said, that's my confession, and I'm sticking to it. I am good. I was like, you go, boy. (laughs) I'm serious. It is the power of our words that build our surroundings and and what what builds up our faith. So, that's Amen. my way. Um, into into what I want to talk about today. God, you know what? We are as at my church as a body of believers currently, we are believing God to do some great and mighty things, great 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 and mighty things. Um, for the body, for you know Bethany as a whole, and what have you but i've I've come to realize, as I look back over over the years that I've been in Bethany and the different things that God has done, that you know he has literally systematically took us step by step to a place of believing for small things to a place being an overnight journey, and so that's what was in my heart today was how do we take that measure of faith that God gives us and build our faith muscles? How do we get to that place of exercising, excuse me, our faith for great things? We start off with a measure of faith. God said that he has given everyone a measure of faith. But, you know, how are we utilizing the measure that he gave us? Are we putting it to the test? You know, God said, prove me, prove me. You know, are we just believing that, oh, well, yeah, I know what that says, but, I, you know, what what good is that? You know, there are people that truly, truly, truly have no faith, and they call themselves children of the Most High God. And that, that amazes me, that how can you say you're a child of God, but you have no faith? Because first and foremost, the Word says that, Without faith, it is impossible to please God because you first have to believe that God is. And it takes faith to believe in an invisible God in a tangible way. I mean, that's where we start. Don't you agree, sis? Yes, I do, sis. And that is so powerful, what you
2: just said. You have to be, you know, and let me first say this, like in the word of God. I believe that when the scripture said, oh, ye of little faith, please believe me. He didn't believe that we were going to have all the faith in the world. And I believe that that's why he said even the faith the size of a mustard seed Mm -hmm. can do much. You just have Mm -hmm. to believe. It's just just amazing, like what you're saying. If anybody ever knew my brother, he's always said that, and there's nothing wrong. That's why no matter what he's gone through, whatever situation, he's always overcome it. And you would never know, because when he's sick, you'll never know it. Because he proclaims the same thing. And I believe that has a lot to do with the power that God has given him inside for all the things he's gone through to heal himself. Because it is what you speak out of your mouth. I try to tell people every day at work, I'm at work right now. I had a, a lady say to me, I'm losing my mind. I told her, you better stop speaking all over yourself. She said, oh, don't worry about it. It's mm-hmm. already gone. I said, wow, that's really sad. Mm-hmm. I said, that that's what you yeah. want to keep proclaiming and speaking over your life, that's really scary to me, but I am not going to speak that over me. So it is what you speak out of your mouth, and it is what you believe. I agree with that, sis. I do.
1: You, I think it starts first and foremost when people say things like that if they don't have they don't have a clue. Literally, they don't have a clue as to the power of their words. You know, and, and some of it is just pure ignorance that that they've never been taught. You know, to be ignorant is not a bad thing. It means you don't know. Okay, Um, so, you know, they've just never been taught. But others just choose not to walk in the knowledge that has been proclaimed to them. You know, faith is an action word. We have to walk it out. And what we want to talk about today, again, is dealing with exercising your faith muscles so that you get from that place of, of believing God for his faithfulness. First and foremost, yes. It takes a measure of faith for us to first and foremost believe that God is. It takes the Holy Spirit moving in our lives um, to get us to that place. But it also... We start with having faith enough to believe that God is, and then we have to shift from that faith in that we have to the faithfulness of God, to believing that God, what God's word said is true. Now, let's, I'm going to back up. I'm going to digress because I'm getting a little ahead of myself, and I want to say that, you know, our show, we do different things on the show a lot of times. We have guests on. Uh, We talk about current events. We talk about different things. But I believe today is a teaching moment. I just really believe that. I believe that since there are people out there that need a teaching moment in faith so that they can rise above whatever circumstance and situation they're in to get to a place of believing God, because there are situations and circumstances that they may be walking in that... We'll take a miracle. And guess what? You're not believing God for the miracle. God is the miracle. So you're believing God to work within you and within the situation. He is the miracle you need. You know? Powerful. He is the miracle you yes. need. That was something that, yes. that Pastor unfolded this morning. He is the miracle. So, you know, we're believing God for him, <laughs> just for him to move. Seriously. And it's and, and it's That's vital. But let's let's I wanna look at Noah Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary. I love that dictionary when it comes to breaking down the words of God. Um, because it, it was Noah Webster, believe it or not, was a minister. People a lot of people don't know that. And so when he first created his dictionary, not Miriam Webster who was I think it's his great granddaughter or whatever, but Noah Webster's dictionary, the eighteen twenty eight Edition of it really all just about in all the words gives reference to scripture in the word, okay, which is which is profound to me. But anyway, his definition of faith says that the faith of the gospel is that emotion of the mind which is called trust or confidence exercised toward the moral character of God and particularly of the Savior faith is an affectionate practical confidence in the testimony of God faith is a firm cordial belief in the veracity of God in all and listen to me in all the declarations of his word or a full and affectionate confidence in the certainty of those things which God has declared and because he has declared it that's powerful that's that powerful.
2: powerful.
1: That's in the Webster dictionary. That's in the regular the dictionary. Noah Webster, Noah Webster, eighteen twenty eight dictionary. It was the dictionary wow. he, he published in eighteen twenty eight, and those that, Dang, that gave me chills. That,
2: that, that, that gave me chills right
1: there. Wow, that's powerful. It's all about that, us. That's, wow, it's all about wow, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But do you notice in all that it says, what it, what it alludes to or gives credence to is it's not you be believing your belief system, but you're believing in God. You're believing what God declares to be so. You're believing that God is going to stand by his word. And that's the key. We have to get to that place of belief that God said it so it is so. You know, somebody Amen. said a couple of weeks ago, they took out, I believe it, and that settles it. And I don't even remember what I was watching, but I remember watching something, and it says, you know, that most people say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. He said, no, God said it, that settles it, period. I, I <laughs> said yeah, period. it, period. Does it, Period. He said it. So we have to get to our place of believing God. Do you believe God? I I posted um, a couple of days ago on Facebook that, you know, let your, your prayer topic that day, let your thought pattern that day just ring out and say, I believe God. I believe God. No matter what else is said, no matter who else is doing whatever they want to do, I don't care. I will not be moved by man's actions. I will only be moved by God. That's faith. But you got, that is faith you to know believe
2: what, in I, God. Go ahead. And I apologize and that's powerful because what I did like what you said sis is people need a class of, of to educate themselves again because I believe after a while you need every time you need to be refreshed of your faith walk yes. because life will beat you down. Yes. Things in life and things will mm-hmm. get you down. And it will make you mm-hmm, doubt yourself mm-hmm. and wonder. But see you got to know mm-hmm. first you got to mm-hmm. get in the word to know what God said for you to have faith, Truth. he said he'll never leave yes. nor forsake you.
0: He said he Correct. will always
2: love you forever, yes. eternity. Yes. He said no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Mm. There's certain, wor- mm. certain words in that Bible that tells you what God had promised. And, they, and if he said, yes. God said, his word would not come back void. So you got to know that. Mm. You got to know he said, I sent mm. my word out to go which I accomplished it. So it cannot yeah. return unto me boy. So it can go and accomplish mm. the purpose which I have sent it to do. You have to know yeah. what he says. From the yeah. very foundation of earth, before your mother and your mother's mother was born, I knew you to be so. I chose you. I know the very mm-hmm. hair on your head. And I bottle every mm-hmm. tear that you cry. So you got to be able to know that. Mm-hmm. So when you know that and then you do cry, you know what you can say? Lord, I know right now in the name of Jesus, even though I'm going through, even though I'm hurt right now, you said you'd never leave nor forsake me. See, I got to uh-huh. bring it back to him. Uh-huh. I'm not just bringing it back to him because he needs um, a problem remembering. I got to say it over myself. See, when you speak it uh-huh. out of your mouth, then you tell the devil he can go back to hell where he belongs because you're letting him know right there, I still know what God told me. See, you got to understand something. The word, uh, we've always been taught if a man don't work, a man don't eat. See, you gotta stop saying scriptures something that's not a scripture. God say, God bless a mm. child that has his own. That is not scriptural based. That is not what He said. That's not scriptural based. So a lot of times I've done it. A lot of people do it. We start speaking things out of our mouths that the Word of God did not say. So you gotta be careful with old wives' sayings and old wives' tales because sometimes that'll get you caught up because that's not what God said. He said, I will mm-hmm. never leave nor forsake you. He said, I knew you in mm-hmm. your mother's womb before your mother conceived you. See, those are the things that you got to believe in because that's the truth. So be careful.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Again, the Bible is not a fairy tale. It's not like mm. trees, Hansel and Gretel, so white, or, or, or the three bears, or, or uh, the three little pigs. It's not like that. Your God is not a genie in the bottle. What the Word of God says is the truth. Now, you can go if you want to, because a lot of people do. You start reading a lot of different books, start getting in a lot of different religions, and then you start mixing them all together, and now you're confused. See, that's when you got to mm-hmm. know in the Word of God. He said, I'm not the author of confusion. So if he's not the author of confusion, you better know who is. So I love what you mm-hmm. saying, sis, about sometimes we have to educate people. Because, see, I'm going to tell you something. You can listen to this show until you're blue in your face. And thank you. I hope that you do. But you got to understand, you got to get in that word for yourself. Pastor, I'm, I'm Mother Atkinson, my grandmother used to always say, don't take my word for it. Read it for yourself. Because, see, when That's you read right. it for yourself, That's right. you can believe. Then you have it within see, you. Yeah. Right. You know, long time ago, and since you can vouch for this, y'all, elder, my sister, my God sister, my sister in Christ, has always been there for me. But see, you I can't sit there and, and keep trying to hold on to her coattail and hold on to her faith and hold on to her trust and hold on to that. Even though she's my sister and I know she knows the word of God, I know she's a true woman of God, but I have to get to know him for myself because what she's going through is for her, and what I'm going through is for me. God loves us, mm-hmm. and he's so more powerful that he can handle What's going on with Elder Collette and Tanya At the same time and you too mm-hmm, He can handle mm-hmm. that Don't think oh Lord I mm-hmm. don't want to bother you See I always heard a long time ago And my pastor asked in the same church the Elder goes to right now I remember this when I was growing up we was always told Don't you ask God why And I used to say but hmm. why don't, quite, don't ask God why That's a sin And I used to go oh wow You know what I'm saying but Pastor one day preached a sermon a long time ago and he said, You're not questioning God, but you're asking Him. He's your father. If you want, mm-hmm. don't you go to your mother and father if you don't understand something, And not when you're young, yeah. of course, but as you become an adult, you'll go to them and go, Okay, I love you. I respect you, but I don't understand this. Could you tell me, you know, uh, so I can get a better understanding? Mm-hmm. See, the father loves mm-hmm. you that much. Well, you can ask Him. He said, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye yeah. shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. So if the word of God says mm-hmm. that, then why a lot of you out there don't feel like you can ask God? Why not? Mm. He, he said, I'm your father. If the devil of this earth would give his children to keep them bound, how much more greater will you think I give to you and I created the devil? If there's mm. wisdom that you lack, he said, let them ask. Didn't he say that, it?
1: Yes. That's what you he let, said. Let exactly. him ask,
2: and if you believe it in faith before you even it, begin to pray it, then it's yours. What? Yeah. See, see what I'm saying? I didn't mean to mm-hmm. talk to depth, but that's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. People get, we get lost.
1: levels of faith, okay? Because what I don't want anybody to go away with today to think that, um, oh, okay, so something is wrong with me because I I'm not where you are and something is wrong with me because I can't I don't experience um, what you guys are talking about, but you have to understand there are different levels of faith. Now, you first and foremost, faith is very, very important, and it's intricate to your faith, your walk with God. It's an intricate part of your walk with God. For Romans 5 tells us that we are justified by faith, and then Hebrews 11 tells us, as we spoke a few minutes ago, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. So we know that all these different things shine a light on the fact, excuse me, that obviously woven all through our relationship with God is faith. And it is that faith, that confidence, as we just read it from the dictionary, that confidence in who God is, that confidence in what God has said. It is not confident in you. So we get it kind of twisted when we're dealing with our faith and we are like, you know, we question our faith, but it's not faith to believe in yourself. It's faith to believe in God. And in, in everything, there are steps that we take to get to that place. There are steps that we go through. When you first get into a gym and you start exercising and you're trying to build muscle, some people um, lift weights and do different things. You don't go in there and the first thing you do is pick up a five-pound weight. Because if you did, you done, bro- you done strained your back, you done pulled a ligament, you done tore a tendon, you didn't get all kind of mess to yourself because you did not build up to that place where you could handle that 500-pound weight, Okay you got to build yourself up. So that's why I said this is going to be a cheat moment today, because I want you, first and foremost, to understand the progression to get to different levels of faith and not to think of yourself in a negative way if you may not be at the level that my sister's at or the level that I'm at or maybe the level that your pastor at or even the level that maybe your spouse is at. I don't want you stopping and saying, oh, well, I, I just, I've missed it. You know, um, God just is not with me because I don't believe like that or I, I don't understand like that or I don't hear like that or different things like that. I don't want you, this is not a message of condemnation, okay? The word of God tells us there there is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So this is not a condemning message. This is a message to help you exercise your faith muscle to get to that place of the faithfulness of God. Okay, it is to get to that place that you believe in the faithfulness of God. So, the first step, as we said earlier, was to believe God. You know, first step is to believe God is. That's first. When we, when, and I, I have some notes of something that I wrote years ago. And it was called Faith to Faithfulness. And so I'm just going to kind of walk through it because God said that this would, uh, would help you to understand. So, like I said, first step is to believe God is. When we get saved, it is by the great measure of faith imparted to us by the Holy Spirit to believe that God does exist and that he has the ability and desire to forgive us of all our sins. See, that's where we start. That is where we start. That first step is to believe God is. You cannot believe God is and, and accept his son as your Savior and your Redeemer and believe that you've been forgiven of, of um You can't not believe, I'm sorry, you can't not believe that God is and accept his son and accept that you've been forgiven of your your sins and what have you. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, once you believe that God is, then that is when you start your quest after him. He said that it is his pleasure to, ha- to have mysteries, to, to hide things from you, but he doesn't hide them from you specifically, and I'm misquoting it. He hides things for you because he said that was his pleasure. It is the pleasure of man, he says, to search out a thing. So God's pleasure to create a mystery for you, but he creates it so that you will search it out because in your searching it out, you're really looking for him and that is how you diligently seek him you know you never stop your quest in learning of him getting to know him better becoming more and more acquainted with him you and even with Christ Christ says you have to become acquainted with his sufferings in order to be able to reign with him so in all that you're doing, and all that you're walking through, and if you look through your storyline, it is taking you from level to level to level. The Word of God in Revelation says that they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Why do well, we understand the blood of the Lamb? The blood of the Lamb was shared on Calvary's cross for the remission of our sins, that we would be forgiven for sins. But why do we overcome by the word of our testimony? Because if you go back and you look over your testimony over your storyline over every time that God blessed you, every time that God saved you, every time that God delivered you, every time that God provided for you, every time that God healed you. Those are your testimonies in him. And if you go back and you start looking at it, then you see the graduation of your faith growing because if he did it for this then he can do it for that if he did it in that situation then he can do it in this situation if he did it for me then then he can do it for me now you see your faith will begin to grow as you look back at where god has brought you from that is one way of exercising your faith muscle going back and looking at your life the mere fact that you are here this always gets me, and I hear pastors and whatever talk about this all the time, and they equate it to um when you were just an embryo when when you were um in your mother's womb and and your father's semen, your father's sperm had to swim to um get to the egg in order for you to be born, okay, and they say that when a man ejaculates when he releases his sperm, that there are millions of them that are released, but that one that one swam up and beat all the rest of them to that egg so that you can be who you are today. So you are already a winner, okay, at conception. You are already predestined to do great and mighty things and to be who you are and have the personality that God has given you and the gifts and talents that he has placed within you. All who you are, all that you are, everything traces back God's faithfulness unto you. It all traces back. I look at my life. I was born in a bad situation. I was born in a situation where I was unwanted. I was born in a situation where my mother had to walk through, my biological mother had to walk through much scorn and, and ridicule because she was carrying me, because she was a unwed mother in the 50s. And at that time, it literally was a disgrace. It was like a scarlet letter being tied around your neck. And she had to walk in that because my biological sperm donor um, did not want anything to do with me. So she did what she felt best to give me up. Now, I could have let that just ruin my life, but it didn't. It didn't. See, I can look back and see the faithful hand of God in the fact that I was not aborted, in the fact that she loved me enough to give me life, in the fact that I stayed in an orphanage only two and a half months before this loving couple came and pulled me out of that and gave me a family. You see, if you look back through your storyline, yes, will you see bad places? Will you see dark places? Where you see places that you struggle? Where you see places that you miss the mark? Because I had children at at 14 and 16 years old. I had drug issues in my early 20s. I was a very promiscuous individual before I came to know the Lord. I've got a whole lot of sin baggage if I wanted to deal with that. But my testimony said that God just wove all of those things into my storyline because, you know what, he used them after, he, after I surrendered myself to him, he was able to use all those different things and those pitfalls and those valleys and everything that I had to walk through to be a blessing to others. So don't look back at your dark periods and, and just see them as darkness see them as learning experiences, see them as them promoting you and prompting you to become the person that you are right now and see the faithfulness of God in it. I know a lot of things may happen, and there were bad things that happened in your life, and you may question where was God when this was taking place. Things have happened to your life. I, I will give you that. Please hear me. I will never make light of the dark places that you've been. I will never make light of the things that you've had to walk through. But I will tell you this, that there is a true and living God who was not responsible for the wickedness at the heart of man that did unto you what was done. But your loving Father yet kept you in the midst of what you had to walk through, and that's where you see the faithful hand of God. And not only did he keep you in the midst of that darkness, he also pulls you up out of it and he will use it to his glory. So never doubt the faithfulness of God, even though you have walked through some deep, dark places. Our next step, step number two, is to have that childlike faith. As a child, in most cases, when you were hungry or simply went um, to one of your parents and told them, knowing that they were going to give you something to eat, when you would approach your father or your mother or whatever saying you were hungry, 90% of us were fed. Now, I know there's that 10% that maybe mom and daddy didn't have nothing to give you at that time. I understand that. I, I well with my children. But God blessed and would bring food to the door, okay, in my stubbornness and my pride not to go tell somebody. God would, even in the midst of that, deliver food to my door, okay? Please hear me. You know, God is a faithful God. When you go to him with a need, he's not going to turn you away. He's gonna understand that you have a need and he is going to meet that need, and that is why you believe in the faithfulness of God and not just in who you are. John First John five um, thirteen through fifteen in the amplified Bible says, Write this I write this to you who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the name of the Son of God in the peculiar services and blessings conferred by him on man, so that you may know with a settled and absolute knowledge that you already have life, yes, eternal life, and it is the assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request, According to his will, now that's important, according to his will, in agreement with his plan, his own plan, he listens to and he hears us. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possession the request made of him. But we got to get to that place where we believe God. We believe what he said. We believe that he said that if we ask anything according to his will, and I've stated this many times on the show, sometimes our problem is we don't first ask him what his will is. We just go to God with our laundry list, and then we get into a funk because thing on our laundry list wasn't presented to us overnight. Um, and so then we say God doesn't hear us, and I can't trust God. I can't believe God because he doesn't hear me. Instead of trying to make God conform to your desires and your wishes, why don't you to, conform to his desires and his wishes and his will for your life? Because I promise you, his desires and his will for you is much greater than anything you could ever think, hope, for, or fathom. That's his word. That's his word. He will do exceeding, abundantly, above all that you could think, hope, or fathom according to the power that worketh within you. What is that power? It is the power of his precious Holy Spirit. It is that power to believe. It is that power to choose to have joy, as we talked about at the beginning of the show. It is that power to know that God has given the keys to the kingdom to you. He has given you the ability, the power, and the authority to decree and declare a thing, and it be so. Why is that? Because you have gotten to a place in God where you've searched him out, where you draw nigh unto him, desires and your wishes and yourself to him to say, God, however you created me to use me, I'm available. See, it, it, there's an availability in this thing where you have to yield yourself to God. So a lot of times we walk around hurt and decreeing and declaring that God doesn't hear us and God doesn't work and God doesn't do this, that, and the other when ultimately it is you that have not yielded yourself to him and to believe him for what he has for you. He is the creator. He said in his word, does the clay tell the potter what to make it? No. The potter shapes and forms that clay to be a vessel of honor. The word says that he has created you and he's shaping you and molding you to be a vessel of honor. And so when we don't surrender to him, then, yes, things are withheld from us. Why? Because they weren't good things for you. He said no good thing what he will hold from you. Keep in mind, and we've said this over and over on the show, everything that may be good to the eyesight and good for somebody else may not be God for you. It may look good. It may even taste good but it may not be God for you. It may not be what God has for you. And when we get to that place of surrender to him, surrendering our lives to him, surrendering our will to him, surrendering ourselves to him, because we recognize that when we try to do it ourselves, when we go after just what we want, instead of consulting him to see what he wants, we mess up and we blow it every time. How many times have we gotten into relationships or into situations and circumstances, into to? to to convoluted things that we would not have had to walk through and deal with had we just surrendered to God and let him choose for us or let him lead us and guide us and direct us. His word is true. His word is true. So if you allow him to be that lamp to light your path, if you allow him to be that one to will and to do in your life for his good pleasure, if you allow him to be that one to to guide you and direct you and to lead you he will lead you into all glorious things the word says that he can show himself might. are you that one because see that's when you get into that faith place of believing god for what he said lord i'm available I want to be your example of your greatness. I want to be the example of your glory. I want to be a glory bearer. I want to be that one that you can use as a light to another you see, he says that we don't ask him for big enough things. We're so busy asking him for the Volkswagen when he's got the Bentley. And that's just a metaphor, guys. I'm not saying that God is just that one that you go to for a car. What I'm saying is, is that we're asking for salvation for our family. God is monumental to us. i got that. But God has said in his word not to just ask for the salvation of our family because he said because we gave ourselves to him that we and our whole household would be saved. He said to ask him for the nation. So when we get his word within us, then we can stand on his word and not worry about our family because his word already said, Lord, you said that not just me, but me and my whole household would be saved. So I thank you for the salvation of my whole household. Now your word told me to go after the nation. Give me the nation. I want the nation because, see, I can rest assured according to your word that my household will say, you got that. You've already told me that. That's a promise in your word. That's a word that will not go out and return back unto you void, but you shall accomplish that in which you sent it to do. So I got it. You see, when you learn the promises of God, you learn that you can stand on his promises so that you're not all, all discombobulated and distracted by things you don't have to be worried and concerned about because he's already made a promise to you. I stand on the promises of God. I believe you that your word is true. Now, I want this over here, Daddy. I want the nations. I want you to send me to the nations. I know everybody don't want to travel and go to the nations. Okay, that's fine for you, but you can still ask for the nations in prayer. You can still pray for the salvation of the nations. You can still do what God has said for you to do. I, I want to physically go to the nations because I love to travel. I love to see new things, and I want to be used of God in that manner. Everybody is different. I have faith to believe him for the nations. I have traveled the world in a secular manner, so now I want to travel the world to his glory. That's just me. Anyway, so now our third step. Our third step is the faith of an adolescent. Okay, now let's think about an adolescent, all right? The adolescent is a teenager, and good in heaven, ooh, Lord, and I know my sister can definitely relate to this because she got one of those in her house right now. Um, Teenagers are are something to contend with. Um, As teenagers, we're always looking ahead with excitement for what is to come. When we turn 13, we can't wait to be 16 so we can drive. When we turn 16, we can't wait to be 18 so there's no more curfew. At 18, we want to be 21 so we're considered grown. These are our reckless years. We're so busy looking ahead that we miss the good times we're living in at that moment. These are also dangerous times because we think we know everything and no one can tell us anything because they just don't understand our complexities. This is the place in the spirit realm where some of us get stuck and our faith begins to dwindle because we pray and our prayers are not answered. Right away, we start to doubt. What we don't understand is we are not ready for some of the things that we're asking for. Remember this, delay does not mean deny. God is a loving and a nurturing father and will give us what he knows When we're ready for it, the same way you would not put car keys in the hand of your 13-year-old and tell them, go ahead and have a good time and I'll see you later, God is not going to let you run loose in the spirit realm, unprepared for what lies ahead. Again, I said we do this thing in stages, so your faith muscle is steadily building by the time you're a teenager, maybe you can lift that 200-pound weight. You still may not be ready for that 500 pound weight, but that 200 pound weight may be right up your alley. But you still have to be in a place where you understand that, you know, you've got to still trust God. You, 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 you know, don't be that bull in a china cabinet where you're just running two and four rep- recklessly because oh, I want it and I want it now. You be running like J. G. Wentworth. It's my money and I want it now. Okay, well, great. Can you handle it now? Are you prepared for it now? Are your taxes in order? Is your affairs in order? Do you have bank accounts to handle it? Do you have investments to handle it? You're asking for these things, but have you made preparation for them? Remember, delay does not mean deny; It just may not be time yet. And then some of the things that you have to walk through at this adolescent stage builds your maturity level. It's like, okay, there are things that God will give you in that period of time, and other things he'll say, no, not yet. Some things he'll just flat out say no. Why? Because everything you see, again, is not good for you. He said no good thing will he withhold from you. Think about it. In the adolescent stage, we saw a whole lot of individuals that we thought were good come to find out that they weren't good for us. Sure, we got a few testimonies about that one. (laughs) Okay, please remember, do not, do not blame God when God is trying to protect you. Again, step back and say, okay, I, I, I'm understanding now, God. Show me what you have for me. Show me how you want me to proceed. You make the decision I need to make the correct decision. Because some decisions God's not going to make for you because he's giving you freedom of choice. All right? But in your choosing, make sure that you're asking for his wisdom. That's part of your maturity. That's part of your faith level growing because I believe you, God. Whatever it is you have for me, I believe you for that. I don't want to forfeit anything. What I don't want to do, and this is that talking, I don't want to stand before God Almighty come Judgment Day and him tell me all the things that I could have had but I didn't ask for. I don't want that. Daddy, I want everything you've got for me. But in its proper place and time, because I don't want to squander it, I don't want to abuse it, I don't want to misuse it, I don't want to inappropriately distribute it. I want to be where you want me to be and do with what you give me exactly what you want done with it. Amen. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, and the message says that there is a right time for everything. There is an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on earth, a right time for birth, another for death, a right time to plant, another to reap, a right time to kill, another to heal, a right time to destroy, another to construct, a right time to cry, another to laugh, a right time to lament, and another to cheer, a right time to make love, and another to abstain, a right time to embrace, and another to part, a right time to search, and another to count your losses, a right time to hold on, and another to let go, a right time to rip out, and another to mend, a right time to shut up, and another to speak up, a right time to love, and another to hate, a right time to wage war, and another to make peace. Remember, The timing of God is perfect. So everything in God's perfect timing is what you want. The fourth stage is that of an adult. And adults are more mindful of their surroundings, okay? When I say an adult, I'm not speaking in terms of of a number such as 21. I'm speaking of a level of maturity in which you count up the cost for the things you believe God for you have surveyed the land and made a decision you are well able to possess it god will provide all that you need to occupy for most of us this is as far as we'll go this is a good place to be we we trust god and believe he will withhold no good thing from us but god has even more in mind for us so you know a lot of us get to that adult stage and and like I said, it's a good place. It's a good place because you believe God. You've gotten to a place of maturity that you believe that you are well able. You're like Jacob, or uh, Joshua, and Caleb when they surveyed the promised land. No, we are well able to possess it because our God said we could. I don't care what the giants look like that look like over there. Our God is greater than any giant that we might encounter. That's a wonderful place to be. But there are more. There's more. There's more. Romans 8, 37 through 39 in the Amplified Bible says, <clears throat> Excuse me, yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded beyond doubt am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things impending and threatening nor things to come nor powers nor height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord and that love the love that God has for us is the love that we can count on in the faithfulness of God he loves us to the point that he would withhold not even his own beloved son from suffering so that we could be reconciled back to him. Think about that. That's his faithfulness unto us, that even in our despair, in our dark places, in our sin times, in our times of separating, separation from him because we were born with that sin nature, he loved us so much that he made <clears throat> a way, He made a propitiation for our sin. He made Christ to be that way so that we didn't have to sacrifice. Christ made the sacrifice on our behalf that we could be reconciled back to the Father. That's a great love. And then Christ's love was so great for us that he laid down his life for us. And the word of God says no man has greater love than he laid down his life for a friend. That's how much we are loved by God. So we get to that place of the faith of a prophet. This is the fifth place. This is where eyes have not seen nor ears have not heard level. This level of faith is reserved for those of us willing to put in the time to know God on an intimate level. To walk in the faith of a prophet, you have to listen to the heart of God and believe for those things he reveals to you. You stop just believing for what you want and start believing for what he wants. This will only happen when you begin to seek the heart of God. You see the mysteries of God are hidden in his heart, and he will only reveal them to those with whom he has an intimate relationship with. This is where you step out of your own faith and into the faithfulness of God. Think about a prophet, and I'm not saying that you have to be called to the office office of a prophet, but to have the faith of a prophet. But a prophet speaks only what he hears God speak. Because his faith is not in the words coming out of his mouth. His faith is in the words that came out of God's mouth. His faith is that of Christ, who said he only does what he sees his father do, he only says what he hears his father say. That's the place where you want to get. That prophetic place of God, I hear you. God said he does nothing in this earth realm except he first revealing unto his servants the prophets. That's why I'm saying you want to get so that you believe God, you believe what he revealed to you, you believe what he says to you. Hallelujah. That is that place where everything comes into fruition. Ephesians 3 and 20 in the Amplified Bible says, now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. That is the place that God desires to see his children at. Where we believe him so greatly that we what we see, what's in the natural, it does not even phase us. Because we know in the supernatural it is far greater than that. You see, in the supernatural is where in our naturally limited ability, we join in with the unlimited ability of God. We come in agreement with what God says is, and so it is. So now some of you have been in a birthing position for a very long time and you've had labor pains that have been so intense at times that you don't think you're going to make it. And all that you've endured is to bring forth that which you were created for. Just know that. Just know that, that those places, those things that you have had to walk through were necessary for you to get from that place of faith to that place of faithfulness, from that place of believing God is to that place of believing in the faithfulness of God. It is one thing to believe that God is. It is another thing to believe in the faithfulness of him, the faithfulness that he shines forth on his children at all given times, not at any given time, at all given times. He's right there at all times. And it is his desire to bless you. Now, I told you at the beginning of the show that my church, and we're in a place right now where we're believing God for the impossible in the natural. But we know that in him there is no impossibility. And when everything is said and done, I am going to shout, and I'm going to tell you the story, okay? I'm going to tell you how we believe for a plot of land, we got that plot of land. We believe for a building, We didn't get that building, but it was okay because God said, okay, you know, you asked me for it, but you know what you did? It was a test because even though you asked me for it and you prayed over it, you walked around it, you decreed and declared it was yours, and it didn't manifest. What did not happen is you did not lose faith in me, so you passed the test. Donnie McCurlin had a song out years ago, what if God said no? What if he doesn't do what you ask him to do? Will you still say yes? Will there still be a yes in you if you're disappointed because you didn't get what you asked God for? Will you still submit and surrender to God? Is there yet a yes? Even though I believe I, we stood on, I, we stood, we decreed, we declared, we didn't see it manifest. But guess what? We didn't turn our backs, we didn't walk away. Daddy, maybe it wasn't the time, maybe it wasn't the building, whatever the situation is, we still believe you. So because we've walked through these different stages and these different things, we are currently believing God for a building at $7.5 million. In the natural, we don't have it. But guess what? We don't need it. Because what we do have is a faithful God. And we believe in the faithfulness of God. And we have joined our faith together, and we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God is going to do what he said he was going to do. So that is my encouragement to you is to get to that place, to shout all over your house, not because it is already done, but because or no, let me say, it is done, but not because you've seen the manifestation of it yet, but because you know that it is already done, because you know the faithfulness of your God, and you can shout and run all around your house and give him praise. You don't have to wait till the battle is over to shout. Shout now. There's a song out that says this is how we fight our battles. And it's all about giving praise to God. This is how I fight my battles. I fight my battles with worship. I fight my battles with praise. I fight my battles with the knowledge, the intrinsic knowledge, that knowledge deep down within, that knowledge that nobody can take from me, that knowledge that God is who he said he is and he will do what he said he will do. Children, that's it. (laughs) sis. that's it. I, I just believe God. That That's the bottom line. I just believe God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know my sister's at work. She might be on mute. Um, she may be in a situation or a place where she can't really talk. So, um, and, and I, I thank God for her. I thank God for her faithfulness. Even though she has to work on some Sundays, she is still yet faithful to the broadcast, and she tunes in and, and she um, imparts the wisdom that God has given her. So thank, thanks be unto God for that. So I I, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray that this word today has encouraged you, has built, helped you to build your faith muscle. Again, you may not be at the same place I'm at. That's okay. As long as you're at a place where you know that you know that you know that the God of the universe is your father and he loves you unconditionally, then your faith in him and his faithfulness unto you will grow. Hallelujah. So I thank and praise God for you again. Share this broadcast with someone you know that needs encouragement in their faith walk. I believe it will be a blessing unto them. Have an incredible day in the Lord. And Lord willing, we will be back with you, same God time, same God channel, next week. God bless you.
2: God bless you.
1: Love you. Love you, sis.
0: Let's keep it real